And first of all, they're not the horniest you've ever seen in your life. These are, Have you ever seen a slasher movie from like... These are some horny fucking people. I mean, no. There's one horny person. No, the women in this. I should say, let me say this. I'll say puzzles, chainsaws, and the horniest group of women you've ever seen on film. Really? Who's horny in this? There's right. two of them. There's two throwing themselves at Kendall? Yeah, I guess, yeah, there's two. Which two? There's the one that he actually beds, and then there's the one that he invites him to go swimming. Everybody's trying to have sex with Kendall. You don't really see it on screen. He just says that they're trying to, because he, he's a magnet for the chicks, or whatever he says. <laughs> I guess so. So then what would you open up with? Um, overdubbing? Chainsaws? Nerdy college kids that think they're cool. Um, yeah. I like that one and not horny. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I would Okay, how about this? You ready? How about I say puzzles, chainsaws, and bastards? <laughs> and can I say bastards? All on the show. <laughs> We're in the middle of the road, jackass. You tell me where cornbread is? Turkey! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are Just Another Movie Night, and I am Scott. And I'm Joe. And this is Talking Trash. That was a long, drawn-out Joe. I said Joe. You did, like you were falling. Joe. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> this is Talking Trash. Talking Trash, where we uh, ask two important questions. Is this the worst movie ever made? And if not, what is? And today we are starting our second annual Turkey Fest. Gobble, gobble. Where we, uh, like we did last year, introduce you to our favorite turkeys. The worst movies that we absolutely adore. Yeah. Last year we went through the Miami Connection, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Maximum Overdrive, Godzilla vs. Megalon, and Heart Ticket to Hawaii. And so this year, we're starting off strong. I am going first, and my pick tonight is Pieces from 1982. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Directed by Juan Saman. He directed Slugs and Visitors. 
Oh. Does anybody remember Visitors? One of the worst movies mm-hmm. ever made. People choose to block that out. Yeah, this movie was filmed in Spain, but it is telling us that it is filmed in Boston. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, we watched the overdubbed version. Was, yeah, you have to watch the overdubbed version. It's funny because... It is hilarious. And I will say that the music is completely different. showed me the the difference between the two it was it was it changes the movie a lot it does and i will say that the Spanish version actually has an original music score by, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, hmm. let's just say Labrado Pastor. Um, but the American version uses scores stolen from other movies by composers like Fabio Frizzi, uh, hmm. Stelvio Caprisi. Okay, those are all Italians. <laughs> I'm butchering these. Uh, Car- Cario uh, Maria Cardio? Yikes. Okay. Anyways. You could they, just say Gialli because um, they're, they're probably associated with Gialli. Yeah, but this isn't, which is an interesting mm-hmm. fact. This is not an Italian film, so it doesn't really fall under the Giallo. Not really, but it does have those elements of Giallo. Big, big time. Uh, a lot of people mistake in this movie as a Giallo, a Giallo. And I would say that I would love to put it on the list of Giallo because I actually enjoy this film. Yeah, but you know, you can put it on that list because Spain also has their version of Gialli. For some reason, this is not put into that category. I don't know why. Mm. Uh, but, but real fast to end that music uh, thing that I was just talking about. In this movie's credits, in the opening credits, they, instead of giving any of these uh, composers credit, they just called them Cam. <laughs> music, original music by Cam. Cam. I saw that. I was like, okay, I gotta look into this. But you know, Eli Roth has said this is his favorite slasher film. Eli Roth. I mean, come on. Yeah, let's not even bring him up for saying that. Yeah. Why? I mean, he likes it. I have this disease where I have like terrible movie-itis and I can't stop thinking them and I'm like just, I have to put them all into trailer trash. (laughs) Alright, well, you know, this movie uh, cost $300,000. That's it? And it made two million. It has a six on IMDb with twelve thousand people reviewing it, and a sixty-eight Metacritic. So this is one of the higher-rated films we've ever done, and I think that that score is crazy. Yeah, I personally think it's crazy, and I do adore this movie. But I adore it in the sense that. Good lord, is it? It's so fucking crazy. It is the most batshit thing you can see, <laughs> and for some reason, it is a highly entertaining batshit crazy film. It kind of is. I mean, not a whole like there, there's not like um 
a whole lot of slasher elements because what i mean uh, i'm blown away wait wait hold on what this is the most slasherific movie you can find i mean i'm just talking about like you know like i guess the whole camp counselor thing like just random kids getting slaughtered i don't know i will say that there's more chainsaw massacre in this movie than a movie called chainsaw massacre yeah i guess you're right yeah he just uses one weapon though that's all he doesn't but uh he uses a knife once that's it yep also something else nope Uh, there's an axe murder (laughs) a knife murder uh three or four chainsaw murders and i believe another murder um I want to say hedge clippers were used once, but nope. I, I might be wrong on that. Uh, okay. Well, look, guys, this is talking trash. If you're new to the whole formula of what we do on this, we are going to talk the entire plot in spoilerific detail, discuss what we like, give some interesting factoids along the way. And I'm going to say right off the bat, we discovered this with a group of friends, and we were laughing our asses off straight through the movie. And the movie had one has one of the most insane endings that you will never forget. It's actually an ending that you probably want to rewind because you can't believe you just saw it. And you have to check mm-hmm. that you did actually see it. And I would say a lot of this movie is that way. A lot of this movie is it actually begs for a rewind. It does. <laughs> because things happen. And God, I don't know if any of it makes any sense. And I think that's what I love about it. It is gung-ho on being balls to the wall. Yeah. Like, it just does not give a shit. And it doesn't want to take a break. And I will... Here's my thing, right? So, we have already done uh, Giallo Month on the show for Joe. And I'm desperately always trying to get into the genre. It shocks me that this movie is rated so high. But I think those people are also fans of Giallo. Yes. And so that's where that that ranking comes from, that high review. Because any reasonable movie watcher, any reasonable person cannot give this movie a higher review of that high. I know. The plot makes no sense. Shit is insane. A lot of it is questionable. Everything about it is just crazy and as we're going to talk about on here the stuff that happened behind the scenes of filming scenes like in this movie is extremely questionable let's get ready let's get into talking about the movie because the movie doesn't take a breath some movies build tension some movies do uh slow character stuff and then get to the crazy no not this film This film says, fuck that. We're going to start off very quickly with a little child putting together a puzzle. And it says it is 1948. No, 1942, which it says 1942. Yes, that's what was the thing that sticks out in my mind the most about this this movie is the fact that... I guess you're right. Yeah, it would be 1942. That makes a lot of sense for something else. There's nothing in this scene at all. Especially the decor of the home, the way these characters are dressed, 
that screams out 1942 at any like by any stretch of the imagination this lady is wearing a hideous floral dress that looks like she just stepped right out of 1980s like she looks like a golden girl in that dress like it, it was just i would say the kid is dressed very 50s he looks like maybe 60s it looks like leave it to beaver yeah the room does too yeah i mean the room is it, there's nothing in this shot that screams 1942 and i don't know why they did that but i guess they had to um but yeah he's putting he's putting together a a dirty puzzle well we don't really get to see it right off the bat but we get to hear him humming a nursery rhyme as he's putting together what we can tell is a puzzle but we haven't seen what it is yet he's doing a nursery rhyme that is it's humpty dumpty yeah The mother comes in the room, and so it's so wholesome. Everything feels so great. The mother's so happy. She's so happy with her looking at her child until she realizes what he's putting together, which is a puzzle of a completely naked woman. Now, 1942, this puzzle exists. I was going to mention a too. risque puzzle. Yeah, I mean, you you can find that kind of thing on like you know Amazon now or something, but. Back in 1942. 1942, oh. someone was making a completely naked woman. I mean, where were... Okay, and also, can we please talk about the woman that is in the puzzle picture? She's straight out of 1985. Yes, like, it's, it's actually a famous uh, actress from Spain, yeah. I mean, it... This, or model, I Everything mean. about this scene is wrong. Oh, I it, mean, everything. It, it's, it's, it's one of those scenes where you don't even care how stupid it is. Or how crazy the time period looks because you're just shocked. And to to double down on that, the mother's reaction to this puzzle. Oh, she flips the fuck out. This woman goes, she is like, she walks in the room happy and wholesome and melts completely into scumbag territory. Where did this filth come from? <clears throat> Answer me. Answer me. What I have to put up with. You dirty-minded little brat, playing with filth like this, just like your father. You don't watch out. That's who you're going to grow up like. And I can tell you a couple of things about him. Bastard! Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a complete reversal. This character goes down. Um, she Her her character falls down a rabbit hole of insanity very quickly. She smashes a mirror in front of this kid. She grabs him. She tells him that he's becoming his father, and that's where he got this smut. And that she's going to burn all of his stuff down. Well, she... And she calls him a stupid little asshole a couple times. She does. She's. It's. I mean, if I was his mother and my eight-year-old or whatever he is was, you know, putting together a puzzle that had, like, a completely naked woman, I mean, my first reaction wouldn't be to, like, punch a mirror. My first reaction would be like, okay, so where'd you get that? You know, like, oh, you why would, do you have this? <laughs> yeah, this isn't something you're supposed to see. But the way that she reacts is scarring. Yeah, she's like, you're a, you're a demon like your father. Yeah, He's you're disgusting. A little, you're a little horny devil like your yeah, father. You're like, a little she's smut. She's like freaked out. So she's I'm like, burn it all. She's throwing all his toys on the floor. She's searching and, for more 
pornography. Yeah, she's throwing all his magazines on the floor and she's like, I'm just gonna, she's like, you go get me a bag and I'm gonna set this stuff on fire. And before she can even turn around. Well, she says, "Where get the, where's the bag, you stupid bag, you stupid little shit. Yeah, I mean, she's like <laughs> freaking out, losing her mind. She goes nuts. if I ever find stuff like that in the house again. Go get a plastic bag. I'm gonna burn everything. Don't just stand there. Go get a bag. So she turns around to look for the kid because he's obviously not answering her. He hasn't got a bag. He doesn't have a bag. He has, what does he have? An axe. An axe to grind. Magazines. Bet he has more stuff all over the place. Yep, he's got next to grind. Mm-hmm. Hurry up, stupid, and bring me a plastic bag to junk this stuff. Bashes he beats, her over the head. Yeah, he bashes his mother to death with an axe. It was quite entertaining. It, it is very entertaining. It is insane. And what's she even, deserved it. What's even better, this kid, while doing the Humpty Dumpty thing again, starts... We got to double down on this, because not only is he hacking her with an axe... Then he decides to go get a bandsaw and completely <laughs> rip her to shreds. I was like, wow, this kid, man, he's pretty he's he's just pretty handy with some how, tools. How old is this kid? Oh, he can't be more than eight. Yeah, he's he about eight years old. Yeah. And blood is shooting all over the walls. Now, here's our first fact that this is not an Italian horror film. The blood looks like real blood. That is true. Because that is it true. is. Yes, because I, I heard that they used real animals. They went to a slaughterhouse and they got real pig blood and real pigs for some of the gore in this okay, film. Okay, well, I can't imagine. So this imagine. is real pig's blood in That's this film gross. being sprayed everywhere. And it looks like real blood. So, I mean, it is, you can tell right off the bat, this is not your normal blood in a film. Because if it was an Italian movie, they would have used red paint. I mean, how is that little boy, that actor, not scarred after that? Because it must, number one, it must stink. And number yeah. two, it's everywhere. Like, it's it is literally. all over the place. It's all over him. It's all over the walls. It's all over everything. And I, I feel like, okay, that, I mean, the 80s just did things differently. The, it, yes, especially these gung-ho punk rock directors that were coming out of the 80s and the 70s where they were just doing whatever the hell they felt like doing. Especially yeah. out of America. Yeah. Uh, this Out, is Outside a, of America. Outside of America, yeah. yeah out of America, yeah. Um, I love this bit. A woman comes to the door and starts ringing the doorbell. Or not ringing the door. Is she ringing yeah, the doorbell? She's ringing the doorbell incessantly. You know, obviously, 1942 doorbells? Were those things? We already established that there's no fucking way that this is 1942. Just based on everything we've already seen. <laughs> we have to look the, this up. The is there clothing. such a thing as a 1940? I mean, yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe the doorbell was invented in 1942. But yeah, she's ringing it incessantly. No one answers, so she calls the police. So, yeah. Wow, the first doorbell was in 1831. Yeah. Right. Are you kidding me? Nice. 1831, there you go, there's your answer. So yes, there was a doorbell. I wonder when it started being used in normal houses. I don't know, but 1831 and 1942, that's a long time. So um, Because they were using those bell systems and stuff like that back in the day, right? Yeah, but that was way back, like the Old West type deal, where you pull the, the rope chain, that kind of thing. 
But this is like, it looked like a, a regular house. So she couldn't get in. No one was answering the door, obviously, because the kid was hacking up his mother. Um, and so she calls the police and the police actually yeah. barge in the house. Well, before they even barge in the house, I have to point this out because I thought this was fucking great. She, first of all, I don't know why she already calls the cops. She has like no reason except no one's answering the door. That's true. It's only been minutes and she finds like, again, you could tell this is not America. It mm -hmm. keeps trying to pretend it's America, but there's like cops out on the street doing beat walks and she's able to get them mm -hmm. and she, the kid looks outside the window and looks down at them and she just signals back and forth to the windows she, she just looks look over here look over here and the cops are like you're right something is a something is wrong yeah so they burst in the house <laughs> how would you know and and for whatever reason they they search the house they go upstairs and they find blood everywhere in that room and there's like okay if I walked into a scene like that, I don't care who I am, I would be freaking out. These cops are very calm, nonchalant, but the so woman that they're I've with... I've never seen as much blood in my life. Yeah, the woman that they're with is so calm, too. Like, she's a little, like, slightly horrified, but not to the extent of seeing that kind of blood. Like she, that. A little bit. She's kind of, she says something like, I knew something was wrong. I knew it. If that's what you say, I would have run out and in, into the street and started puking after yeah. seeing that crime scene. And the cops don't tell her to leave the room. No. They instead go, well, maybe we should search the room in front of this woman and grab everything with her hands as much as possible. Oh, yeah. So they open up the door behind the door, which is like a closet, and there is the mother's decapitated head sitting on the shelf staring at them. Jesus, will you look at this? Something's been butchered up here. Let's hope it was an animal. I never saw so much blood. Oh, it's Mrs. It's Mrs. Reston. I knew it. I knew something awful had happened. Oh my God! Oh my God! Get her out of here and call the station. Yeah, it was epic. So then they they open the closet door and there's the kid in there weeping. Of course, like he's totally faking it. Yeah. And he comes out and he holds, he hugs, he hugs the the police officer and he's like, "Oh, help me! Help Where's me. mommy? Where's mommy?" And he's like totally hamming it up. I think that that's a pretty smart kid. Yeah, you know? I mean, really smart. Not yeah. only did he kill his mom and didn't even feel any remorse or agony over it, he hacked her up and smiled while he was doing it. Yeah. And then had the mind to act for the cops. Yeah. And he knows where the booby pieces on the puzzle go. And he knows, yeah. He and knows where so each nip goes. He knows where each nip goes. It, he's a very smart kid. So anyway, then we cut to years, well, years, the, years the, later. The, the whoever this woman is, she says, "Oh, I know her aunt, his aunt." My little Timmy, Big man, big man, <gasps> mommy, oh mommy. Timmy, where's mommy? Where's Take mommy? it easy, kid. You're safe now. Where's the father? He's away in Europe with the air force. But there's an aunt. She lives an hour away. I'll call her and take him over there. This is terrible. So that's that. So then we never see this kid again after this. Well, we jump We jump now with a title card that says 40 years later. 40 years later. It's the 40th anniversary of the mother's death. Yep. And we now cut to wacky hijinks because nothing says wacky hijinks like an axe murder and a child killing their mother. So we, of course, jump right to a skateboarder having a nice wacky time skating okay 
I have a problem with this scene. <laughs> Great wacky music, and because this is wacky, we have two guys removing, just like every silly little stereotype uh, trope you've ever seen, a big gla- uh, a big mirror in mm-hmm. the street to carry across so there's something wacky can happen. Okay, now here's the thing. Um, I'm not a skateboarder, but I've been on one. And I know that when you get on a skateboard, you put one foot on the board and you push with the other foot. And then you, you, you know, you kind of coast, you put both feet on the board, you coast and you steer with your feet. Okay, fine. This girl that's on this skateboard literally just coasts right into the goddamn mirror. Yeah, she waves her friends and everything. And, and she... sees the mirror, but she doesn't put her foot down off the board to stop the board. No, she doesn't jump off. She doesn't jump off. She just goes, whoa. She doesn't steer. She literally crashes into the mirror. Yep. And and guess what happens? The mirror smashes in slow motion, just like when the mother pushed and hit the window, the mirror in the room. Yeah. And they play that music again. Does this mean something, Joe? No. No. What if I told you it did? No, there's no way. This random person slamming into a freaking mirror? Can I ask you another question, Joe? What happened to the girl on the skateboard? Who the hell knows? I know. How do you know? They didn't show it. They did. They did not. All right. So now we cut past anything that makes any sense to the skateboarding scene to show a girl laying on the the grass reading a book with her buns out. She's got a mini skirt and her buns seem to be out. (laughs) And someone behind her is cutting the 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 bushes behind her, staring at her, breathing with a chainsaw. Yeah, a creep. She says, "Hey, you're gonna be long. If so, I'll move somewhere else." Just a few minutes, Miss. Okay. Now, who is this woman on the the grass? How the fuck do I know? She's the skateboarder. That can't be right. It's right. It's what happened. Wait, I don't understand. The actress herself has said this. Wait, excuse me. Hold on. I am the skateboarder, and I am the one laying on the grass in the sequence. So, uh, okay, wait. I'm having problems with this. I guess I was uninjured. Are you fucking kidding me? No. That's exactly what sets up this entire movie. She's not the skateboarder. She She has different hair. No, it's her. Get the hell out. And uh, guess what? The guy cutting the uh, the hedges says, it won't be long. And he walks over and is able to just chainsaw her head right off. I, I'm, I'm still stuck on the skateboarder thing. And why do we even need to see that? Because that's why everything happens in the movie. Because whoever the killer is saw the glass being broken, 40th anniversary, and it made them have a flashback and do everything from that day again. Okay, this 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 trivia is making me mad. <laughs> this is exactly why the movie happens. That's so stupid. Whoever the killer is saw the mirror on the anniversary of his killing his mother. But they don't fucking tell us that. We we nope, have to read they trivia do not on tell IMDb. You this. They do not tell you this at all. That's so stupid. That just made it, no one would ever know that. And no one would ever recognize that girl as a skateboarder. She's Apparently some... people have asked her and said like we're confused, which you should be. Who, are you the same person on the skateboard? Because you seem like the same actress. She said, yes. Okay. I am the same, and I'm supposed to be the same character. And she explained, 
that the plot apparently is that when I broke the mirror, the killer saw it and set the killer, his mind, apart. I mean, no, bottom line is there was no reasoning. There's no rhyme or reason for a skateboarder to be doing that at that moment and for that whole scene. And then to just coast into her laying on the freaking but what grass. But also, what are the odds that the killer would see some crazy incident like this on the anniversary? I mean, that's so dumb. I don't understand. Welcome to the movie. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? <laughs> I mean, that's so dumb. This, this movie is crazy. This guy in broad daylight and in a university chainsaws a person's head off. It's a college campus. And this place is swarming with people. Yeah. And you're using the noisiest weapon, weapon. of all, all time. Yes. And nobody sees this motherfucker. Yeah. It's shocking. I'm like, and still I'm entertained. Still I'm entertained. It it just gets better and and better. It gets gets crazier after this. Um, That's just one death. Uh, That's that's the first one at the university, right? That's the first one. Yeah. That's the start of the movie. That is the, this is how this movie opens. Good Lord. And now we are introducing our our characters, our cast of characters, cops are called in. Mm-hmm. And we are introduced to our main police officer, Lieutenant Bracken, who is played by Christopher George from the movies Grizzly, City of the Living Dead. Oh, God. Yeah, this actor is an American. His wife is also in this movie. He recorded his dialogue in his hotel room for this movie. Uh <laughs> Wait, he thought that he was making a murder mystery movie. Are we talking about Kendall? No, Lieutenant Bracken. Lieutenant Bracken. He's the main cop who loves chewing on a cigar throughout okay, the film. Okay, that's the guy. Okay, got it. Yeah, Christopher George. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, the, he played the main cop in Grizzly. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he, he did not know what he was making. He had no idea what this movie was. I'm sure by the end of this and movie, he didn't did know what wife. he was making either. Needed his wife. Uh, we'll get to her later. But uh, they both didn't know what they were making, and they both wanted their names removed. <laughs> uh, they started realizing it when he had to record his dialogue, his uh, overdubbing dialogue, because he did his scenes apparently in Spanish. I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that he had to re-record his lines in his hotel room later on that day. And then he started figuring out, oh, shit, what kind of movie is this? Um, yeah, we're... <laughs> He comes to the scene with his partner. <laughs> oh, my These, God. This guy's amazing. He's so funny in this movie. He His overacting. Every, everybody is great. They We start getting each character. We have the Dean, who's played by Edmund yeah, Purdom. Purdom? He's kind of a creep. Edmund Purdom. He is the Dean, and his name is only Dean. He was from Night, Nightmare City, The Rift, and What Have They Done to Your Daughters, that actor. Oh, that's a jelly. It sure is. Um, basically we get a discussion about how they need to keep this quiet. They don't want this out in the public. We want to keep this as quiet as possible. Oh, it's quiet as fuck because nobody hears a chainsaw. There is also a groundskeeper who is played by... Paul Smith. Paul L. Smith. Bluto. Who is Willard. Yes, we know him as Bluto from the Popeye live action film Robin Williams. He's in Haunted Honeymoon, too. He is in Haunted Honeymoon. This actor has the best facial expressions and the most over... I I don't know how... The most overreacted 
reactions to everything. He stares at everybody with a side eye. Like, mm. He only has one reaction face. But his, his entire character is, I'm acting like the killer? Yes, it, they want us to think it's him. But, like, the thing is, like, this actor literally has that, like, snarky, side-eye, yeah. like, oh, you little rascal type he, face. Yes, yeah, he looks like he's always going to do the honeymooners thing where he's like, one of these days, Alice. Yeah, like, you know, tisk tisk, you know, you little rascal. And that of, kind of face. Of course, his favorite thing to do is chainsaw the hedges. So the dean goes up to him and says, hey, uh, how long are you going to be on this job? And he's like... I already set it up with your secretary. I'm going to be here as long as it needs. And he goes, yeah, but don't you want to get out of here and get another job? Now, Why? my question is, isn't he the groundskeeper? He is the groundskeeper. Why would you not want a constant groundskeeper? I don't know. Is it, isn't a groundskeeper like a permanent job? I that's mean, what I would have thought. It's not like a traveling circus where you just Someone get Someone has to take care those. of the lawn, the, 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 the trees. This is a giant university. Right, and there's only one dude doing this? And there's only one dude doing this, and the dean seems to want him to get out of here. Yes, yeah, weird. Everybody's, everyone's got some weirdness about them in this movie. Yeah. Like, everyone's, uh, like, a suspect, pretty much. Yeah, there's also a, um, a bunch of girls uh, talking about having sex in well, the scene. There's a bunch of girls, and they're talking about how great it is to get high and fuck on a waterbed. And luckily, they just installed a waterbed in one of their classrooms. Have you heard the latest? They've just installed a waterbed in the training room. Have you ever been laid on a waterbed? The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that was like supposedly the gym. I don't know what is going on. With I don't that even said to you. I was like, waterbed. why is there a, a waterbed in the classroom? Yes. I, there was no rhyme or reason to it. it I was, was hoping you would explain that plot line. I, I have nothing. no idea about I, this. I said one. to you that, like, okay, this obviously someone's going to get murdered on this thing. But I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to to any anything because there's nothing else in this classroom yeah. except the waterbed. And there's like, it's not like a bed or anything. There's like no sheets or anything on it, but it's just there. Yeah, we see it later on. It's like a setup that comes back later on for no reason and still doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, yeah, these girls are all talking about it. These, these women in this school want to have sex. They constantly are talking about it. Everybody wants to bang. Yeah, but they're and, also being assholes and talking about their professor in like a naughty way too. Which is Jack Taylor. The actor is Jack Taylor. He is playing um the professor Arthur Brown. He is apparently the uh, anatomy professor. Yeah, but he's a creep too. He's one of those turtleneck wearing creeps with the leisure suit and he just looks like he could be hiding something. Yeah, this actor was in Conan the Barbarian the Ninth Gate. Uh, he comes out of his classroom. The women are all like, oh, there he is. Let's get him. Like, go, go get him. And the one girl goes up to him and says, hey, what, what are areolas? No. What did she say? <laughs> What did she say to him? Where did you get areolas? Because she they says, are pointing out no, his tits. No, she says, she's like totally sticking her boobs out. Yeah, and, and she's, she's like. You can see through you can to see, the nips. Yeah, That's why I thought that they nips. were talking about this. No. What was it? Well, I didn't hear she it. She asked him, where are the pectoral muscles? Oh. And he's I like, heard, I heard uh, right off the bat, all I heard was nipple, nipple, rat. nipple. That's why. Well, because this whole scene was about staring at her <laughs> nips. Here we go. 
<laughs> oh, Professor Brown. Excuse me, sir. Can I ask you something? What are the pectorals? My friends all laugh at me. They say mine are funny. I assure you, you have nothing to worry about. Thank you, sir. But where are they? Here. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the women in the scene are also filthy rats, and they're like trying to get him to look at her oh, nipples. No, there's a lot and of then nipples. he says, Your chest is here and here. Your pectorals? Your pectorals are here and here. I are thought up here. I heard. And he motions on himself. He doesn't yeah. like touch or anything. But she's trying to flirt with him and be like a little, you know, scandalous little shit. And um, so he's, he, you know, he realizes at that moment he's being fucked with and he just walks away. Yeah, please go to the actor Jack Taylor's main IMDb page, click on his picture, and swipe to the left because it is the scene that is the per. I wish it was his real picture. Oh my God. It's just him staring at her nipples. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it is so funny. Uh, so I, they're just messing with him, and they, they have a thing about messing with this professor to, sexually, which is odd. Yeah, I don't know why because he seems like a quiet guy. Like, he's not like. An asshole or anything, yeah. you know? So it's weird. They're just, like, fucking with him. It's he, just weird. He, uh, right after the scene, goes to the dean's office. Now, the dean is talking with the two police officers. One of the other police officers, I don't know this actor's name, but I know that he was in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and he was also in uh, Fistful of Dollars. He uh, was always working with... Uh, Sergio Leone. Yes. Uh, he, he looks... Like, you've seen him in a hundred things. Like, it's one of those actors that has like, that face that you feel like yeah. he was in an airplane or something. He just looks like one of those guys, you know? <laughs> um, they, he's talking to the cops. It, it, the dialogue delivery, everybody is just so funny. Like, nobody is doing professional work. The dean, the cops, they don't really talk like they're professional at anything they do, their jobs or anything. But the uh, that that uh, professor goes to the office, and he when he goes into the room, he sees that the... Uh, Secretary is listening in on the interview with the police. I never hire anyone without checking their references. I assure you, they are all about suspicion. Oh, such a terrible thing, this killing. The police are in there now. They think it's one of the staff. Oh, I see you have inside information. Well, we're all curious. <laughs> well, he sits down. He's like, can I go talk to him now? I have to. I have a lot of work to do. And she's like, give me a minute. He's in with the police officers. And then just when that happens, he calls the secretary says, can you call the professor in here to come to the office? And she's like, he's already sitting here. Yeah, this is weird to me. This is a weird thing. Um, I was going to talk to you about it, but I figured I would just talk now. They want him to go in there and ask him questions about anatomy. No. So the dean calls him because so the dean calls this guy, this professor up. Because he wants him to take over walking the cops around the campus. Why? Because the dean's like, I have too much of a job. And he goes, I have a lot of stuff I have to do too. And he's like, come on, you have one class. I have the entire school. Can you help me out? A student can't handle that? Or, um, I don't know, the secretary? Someone else can't yes, handle it? Yes, anybody Why else. Why does it have to be this random guy? So This, this is random like- professor of anatomy. Yeah, they're like totally trying to introduce suspects. Is what they're yeah, trying this to is do. Yeah, there's a red herring character. Useless. Yeah, useless. Uh, yeah, this character is bizarrely useless in this film, which is really strange. He basically walks, and they start asking about the girl. Do you know anything about the girl? He goes, 
I really don't know anything about my students outside of the classwork, but I know she was a popular girl. She seems to have known all the girls know her. So she was popular enough, but I don't know about any men that she was into. And he's like, do you think it's one of the students or do you think one of the faculty? And they're like, that's what we're trying to find out. When they get to his classroom, he, okay, I don't know what the fuck this professor's thinking. The first thing he does is picks up a human skull and goes, oh, this was a gift from one of my students. Who knows whose head it was? He says, I don't know where he got it. Yeah. And then he goes, they're like, oh, do you have the name and the address of that student? And he goes, it was a long time ago. Oh, my God. He doesn't go here anymore. That, that seems... Why? That, what a weird setup. I mean, is it, that they're just showing us... It's it's such, like, a trope that they're just showing us that this guy is a little weird. Yeah. And he has quirks, and he could be a suspect. And he is wearing a turtleneck. And he's wearing a turtleneck. Which most is people Joe's who, big red flag. Oh, yeah. Most people who wear turtlenecks are, psych, like, they're complete psychopaths. <laughs> I mean, anyone who wears a turtleneck is a psychopath. <laughs> You're going to say sick bastard. He's a sick bastard. He's a sick bastard. No, seriously. I, I, I believe that. I believe that people who wear turtlenecks what about, are diabolical. What's his face from Empire Records? Oh, he just looks like a beatnik, but he is fucked in the head anyway. Is he? Yeah. I love him. Um, So then the, the, the professor goes, all right, so you guys want to continue the tour? And then the cop goes, no, I think I want to check the... Uh, well, the autopsy. I'm going to check up the autopsy report before I go and look anywhere else in the school. And he goes, oh, good point. I mean, why, what? Didn't, why didn't they get an autopsy first? And number one, <laughs> there's no reason to have an autopsy on this girl. Her head was hacked it's off. It's missing. Her head is missing. Okay, so what's the reasoning? You you want to just... You go to any forensic like psychologists or any forensic analyst or whatever, and they'll tell you that... A serrated thing was used to cut this girl's head off. You know, like it's not rocket science. It's just not. Yeah, but really what's going on here is that he's finding this professor a suspect. Yeah, and everyone he doesn't is want a to, suspect. He doesn't want to be around anymore. He wants to go in the hallway and talk about it. I mean, he is kind of creepy. He's like very tall and like, you know, lurchy yeah. kind of, you know. So I get it. But like, and also the dean's weird too. The de- Oh, everybody is. Everybody's weird. Even the secretary. The secretary. <laughs> the Bluto. Uh, Pluto goes out of his way to be weird. It's like, okay, you're just a caricature of yourself. You know, like that that character was just, just thrown in there just because they wanted to do the whole, okay, we're going to put this guy in here so he looks like, because he looks like a killer. Yeah. You know? But, oh, they have to do, they have to establish these people. But this next scene, because the cops leave, the next scene is where we establish even more characters because... Now we are in a library where a girl is staring at a guy in what looks like a a Hanukkah sweater. Okay. I have something to say about this kid, okay? I hate to be like this, but this kid, now mind you, this girl that's sitting at this table in this library with him, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. And, and completely like flirty with him now there's no oh, way there's a lot more than that yeah. yeah but yeah there's no way in hell that this dorky guy would okay shockingly enough this is going to be one of our main characters yeah this no. dorky guy with a jufro a hanukkah sweater this kid does not look like your heartthrob character he is got glasses on and he is doing his work he looks like a, a dork no he's a dork he's a I straight mean, up dork 
And this hot girl across from him is giving him bed eyes. But then she doubles down on him by giving him a note, which he opens up and it says, meet me at the pool to basically have sex. Let's yeah. have, I want to, no, she goes, I, I want to have sex in the water. Meet me at the pool. I want to have sex in the water. And so instead of dropping everything that he's doing. Yeah, you think he would be like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. like That's what he looks this like. This dorky guy, like you would think like, I mean, even if he gets a girl to look at him, it's like a blessing. Yeah. And this girl's b- saying to him, I want to have yeah. sex in the water, literally. And he balls he, it up and throws it in the trash when misses. He he throws the fucking paper, and I'm just like, uh, are you kidding? Like, yeah, really, dude? Yeah. Really? This girl is like telling you you're gonna get laid, and you're just looking for books. Yeah, and- he he's going back to his studies, but he throws it at the uh, uh, to double down on how nerdy he is. He misses his shot with a paper rolled up, and it falls next to the trash can. But we see black boots black pants and maybe a little black trench coat part walk right up and pick it up nobody notices this no one notices. brooding yeah. you know monster walking around okay fine so cut to the pool and this girl goes to the pool the scene's baffling and she starts undressing into a bikini uh but it's not enough for her first off she undresses all the way from the top down before even taking her boots off or anything. I found that funny. Like, how is she going to get her jeans off? She stops to take a red bow to tie her hair up and then just remove her bikini. But why is she even wearing the fucking bikini? I don't know. I don't understand the goddamn 80s sometimes. It's like, okay, you're you're wearing a swimsuit, but why? Why? There's no reason. You're just going to you're going to fling it off. Yeah. So she she gets uh, topless and jumps right into the pool. Now, do you want a fun fact about this scene? Yeah. It was freezing. It was below temperatures. Are you serious? She was freezing. They made that girl jump into a freezing pool? She thought she was going to get hyperthermia during this whole sequence. (gasps) I mean, she was pretty naked. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why there was so much... uh, She was so exhausted, and her nips were blowing out of her body. (laughs) So it makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's when a person in all black... With even like a black mask yeah. and a black trench coat and a black hat and black gloves. Now, a lot of people have mistaken this scene as a throwback to Giallo films, but it's not. The director actually was a fan of The Shadow and wanted to make The Shadow as this killer. The so Shadow is in like the comic the book character? The comic character, yeah. Wow. So, who had, but it's like a red, he has a red thing over his ma- his mouth, and it's all blue suit and uh, yeah. hat and fedora and everything. So they made it all black. Okay. Uh, so that's what it's modeled after. A lot of people wrongly accuse it of like taking inspiration from uh, a lot of slasher flicks. But this is a gi- giallo trope. The it really is. Black trench coat, black hat, black yeah. gloves killer. That shit's is in, in all, all of those movies. Yeah, it's yeah. In all of those movies. It's just a. A, a, a given yeah we made a joke about that in our one podcast there's always gloves <laughs> yeah what can we i had a list uh on our giallo episodes of what what what's in these movies now here's my favorite part he could just kill this girl uh in any way but he gets a the skimmer for the pool and is able to put it over her head and drag her to the side of the pool she can't go down 
into the water. She can't get out of a skimmer. She can't fight a man, maybe a man, with a skimmer. All she would have to do is go underneath the water and swim out or of the net. Or she could just tug the goddamn bar and tug him into the, the pool. Yeah, I don't understand this. This is the dumbest, dumbest this kill scene, scene ever. Uh, the fact that he's able to catch her. He literally catches her in a butterfly net, vir virtually, and drags her out of the pool. And she just gives up fighting. I mean, she sits she against a wall. Actually, I know the actress is freezing. It makes a lot of sense with this. Scene, okay, but, but not to viewers. Like if we're no, looking if you're at watching this, the movie, yeah. She looks like the dumbest victim of all time. She just gives up. She's exhausted. She, she just lays there. She sits there and lets him go, take a break, get his um, chainsaw. Yeah. Then come back. She gets a chainsaw. He has all this time to get a chainsaw. She's just sitting there waiting to be killed. Yes. And also, I'm going to point out that this is a public pool that anybody could show up at any moment. Yeah. And the boy is supposed to show up. Yeah. That, you know, she said, hey, let's go do it in the water. It's a public frigging pool. And this girl wanted to have sex in a public place. And this guy, the killer, is revving up a chainsaw and killing a woman in a public pool. Space. You know, let me just say something about the, the public pool, like, sex thing. Um, okay. There's chlorine in there. Yeah. You don't want to have sex in there. Well, You're going to get clean. a yeast infection. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, the killer is able to chainsaw her perfectly. Yep. He uh, actually takes her torso. He cuts off all of her limbs and her head and takes the torso. Yep. So, so far we've seen the mother's head was left in the closet. Right. Then yeah, well, the second the second kill was uh, girl was their head was taken. Yeah. Now we've got a girl that's the torso was taken. Yes. Okay. So we see what's going on here. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then we'll cut back to the library where another dweeby dude shows up in the library where this Kendall guy was who got the note to have sex with the girl in the pool. And he walks in here and stops one of the other girls who was in the opening talking to the group of friends. And he basically is like, where's Kendall? Have you seen Kendall? And he's like, yeah, he's right over there. And then he says, hey, you, you want to go out on a date? And she gives him eyes. And he's like, so I'm slayed by a withering look. Gives a shit. <laughs> this, this guy is a, I mean, if you, Kendall wasn't like a dorky looking dude or just a normal average dorky guy, this guy is even 10 times worse. But at least he has the decency to say, hey, would you like to go do something? Yeah. Like, you know, like he's a, he's at least a nice person, you know? Well, until he gets rejected and says, drop dead. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Okay, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. So are we just going to say that he's a suspect too because he's a dick? Yeah. And he uh, he's looking for Kendall because he, got, he has an envelope that was left. It was left for you in the dean's office a half hour ago. I've been looking all over. Where did you get to? Next time Grace wants something delivered, she can just forget it. It's from the girl that wants to have sex in the pool saying not to go to the pool. Okay, here's the thing that I had a problem with this scene. This, he waited 30 minutes to go That's meet her I'm at the wondering. pool. Wait, a girl wants to have not sex with you. Not necessarily 30 minutes. It could have been 10 minutes. Whoever, whoever wrote the note is the one that picked up the note at the trash can and then wrote that note. But you're right. It's been 30 minutes since he picked up the note or whoever picked up the note. Well, a girl wants to have sex with him. Why didn't he just drop his books and run with her? I like, don't know. Like, what kind know. of fucking idiot is he? I don't. I, 
I'm baffled. I, I am too. I, I just don't understand this character at all. At yeah. all. He waited 30 minutes to get a note to not go somewhere. I don't think it, it he was going to go in the first place. It didn't seem like it because yeah. any other guy in his right mind would have been like, oh my God, this girl wants to wants to have sex with me. I'm going. I'm going right now. I like that when he reads a note, he's like, oh my God, this is weird. He was like, what is it? Is it, is it life or death? And he's like, no. And he's like, good, because I'm too young to die. I know. I don't, Okay, throwing humor in this movie so is so awkward. It's, it's so like, odd. Why are you trying to throw humor into this? Oh, the whole thing's funny, though, too. I mean, it, it's kind of like a murder mystery. And so, like, you're trying to think that everyone's a suspect. But then you got this dorky kid and then this other dork. And I'm just like, okay, these two are going to be the comic relief here. No. Plus, you know that, uh, it, well... Uh, we'll get into next scene and I'll, I'll bring this up, but it, it doesn't make any sense. But Kendall leaves after the guy who gave him the note left. Mm-hmm. Kendall goes and the next scene all of a sudden cuts to the pool again. And we see Bluto come out of the back room holding hedge clippers comically. The most polished silver, like glowing hedge clippers. And he oh, he's holding them open. Yeah, Up and he has air. that look on his face like, I'm going to get you. He looks so happy. It's like me going to yeah. a buffet to get bacon and eggs in the morning. <laughs> you know, that's how I look with my plate of eggs. I'm, I'm so happy. That's how Bluto looks with his hedge clippers. He's so ecstatic. They're you know? so drilling it into our heads that, like, you know, he's got some kind of Which, psychotic thing. But we know it's not him because we saw the killer and is not this guy's size. The actor, this actor who played him. He's huge. Yeah, he is. That actor is a giant, giant man. And uh, he's walking, but he hears a noise, and he looks forward, and he sees Kendall hiding behind something, and Kendall sees him and runs out. And he's like, what the hell? What's going on over there? And then he looks to the side and sees there's blood everywhere, and then he sees a bloody chainsaw and parts of a girl all over the place. The best thing about this scene is that Nobody has any common sense whatsoever. He he goes over to the chainsaw and he makes sure he puts his fingerprints all over. Everybody does. I'm yeah. like, <sighs> yeah, I, I, obviously that's for a reason. Yeah, so he decides to run toward the door, and then the door comes in and cops come in, and he instead of just like saying I didn't do anything, he fights them. And I love this because Kendall comes in the room with like a fake two bore, two by four and smashes it over him. Yeah, we okay. Where did he get this? I don't. Piece I don't know. I don't even know how Kendall ran into the cops. Yeah. I, um, okay. That that in itself is just ridiculous. That would mean that they're canvassing the area already. So why didn't they hear a fucking chainsaw going off if they're canvassing the area? Yeah. They didn't hear the chainsaw. Okay. Exactly. Fine. Okay. And, fine. and and the fact <laughs> Ludo's like throwing cops in the pool and everything. I mean, he's literally he's he's punching them. He's like he yeah. just looks guilty as sin. So they arrest him. They, take they arrest him, in. him, and we don't see anything about that for a while. Nope. Uh, instead, we get Kendall going to the office and the cops going into the office and them interviewing Kendall, and that other guy gave him the note. Yeah, the and, other nerd. And he te- before they go into the office, Kendall tells that other nerd, hey, don't say that you couldn't find me for 30 minutes. I don't want them to know, but I was with another girl. Oh, okay. That this doesn't is make my favorite any thing. Sense. So instead of going with the girl in the pool, 
right? Apparently he went with the other girl. He found another girl? Apparently. Are you kidding me? And what happened? In like 10 minutes, he like was doing something with that other girl, uh, and then he came back to the library? I, yeah, and he, he went and, back to the library. And then the nerd, the other kid, he goes, oh my God, what girl? And he's like, says her name, and he goes, Jesus, you you get all the girls on school in the school. And he's like, I'm not that bad. He's like, oh, are you kidding me? You're like a legend. And the guys, and he says, and Kendall goes, oh, well, you know, they kind of just flocked to me. Like, dude, yeah. I don't know what says sexy. That grandpa sweater you're wearing or your fucking hairdo. When I when I say it's like a Hanukkah sweater, I'm not kidding. It's like blue and white. It looks like a Hanukkah sweater. Yeah. It looks like there's snowflakes on it, too. Yes. It's, I don't know what's happening. It's, I'm surprised there's not a big dreidel on it. Nothing screams sex appeal. In this, uh, with this kid at all. Not at Nothing. all. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, when I was 16 or 17 years old, if this guy walked past me, I wouldn't even give him another thought. He looks like a grandpa in that sweater. He just doesn't, he looks like a, 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 a doof. Yeah. I, I don't understand how he's getting, he's like a freaking gigolo, this guy. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It doesn't, it, none of it gels. But yeah, they, the cops you know, interrogate him virtually. But, uh, I don't think they find him suspicious at all. In fact, the the, the lead um, lieutenant cop seems pretty taken by him. Because for the rest of the movie, he asks him to be a part of everything. Oh, my God. He always says it. He's actually said it three times yeah. in this movie. You're actually part of the force already. Well, that was, that's the you other know? cop. The, uh, this cop, the main cop, says, I, I, sw- I give my, put my life on it that he's a good guy. Huh. Okay. It's crazy. It's so weird. Uh, everybody's suspicious. Everybody wants he wants to know why the 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 note came from the dean's office and why the secretary had it. And he goes, Well, that's the thing. Some of these kids think my office is the mailroom. And then the Kendall kid is like, What what a why I don't understand though. Why would she have sent it through you? Yeah. She knew where it was. It's weird. Yeah, I, that's odd. By the way, I don't know if you mentioned this kid. I, I forgot to say that he was he did another one of this guy's movies, The Visitors Again. Oh wow. Which is a really, really bad film. Uh everybody seems to be in the visitors from this director. Or is it extraterrestrial or something or other? It's such mm-hmm. a bad movie. Uh, of the aliens are like it's like an E.T. ripoff, but the aliens look like anteaters. That's right. Yeah, oh, I remember so that bad. one. I think we were really mad when we were oh, watching that. one. I thought it was gonna be much funnier because it was from this director, but nope. Yeah. Uh, so Kendall's kind of questioning. He's like, it "Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up." And um, but I'm sorry that the dean had to be involved with the letter. He doesn't yeah. know why that girl would have sent it to him. And he says, "I." Th-, and they're like, "Where was the note?" She's, he's like, I got a note from her. And, I, and he's like, what'd you do with it? I threw it in the trash. He's like, well, whoever picked that up is the probably the one that wrote this letter and not that girl. Okay, well, how would he even think about that? Yeah. You know, how would he even think that someone picked up the, the note? You know, he's Well, supposedly... he's like questioning. He's like, where's that note now? He's like, I threw it in the trash can. And he's like, I guarantee that someone came and picked it up and saw that note and wanted to make sure that you were not going to the pool. They wanted to keep you away from the pool so he could, whoever the killer is, could have killed the girl. Okay. And so he, he goes, uh, all right, I'll talk to you later on, Kendall. And he says to the, uh, the dean, what I want to do is have two undercover cops work at your school. And he's like, I don't know how we're going to do that. How can we do that? And he's like, look, what we'll do is we'll put two people in as te- posing as teachers. Uh, so he's like, 
well, would you rather have the two people be undercover cops or would you rather talk to the parents of these kids? Yeah. And tell them why you don't want to help out. But what bothers me about this is that he doesn't tell, like, I know he doesn't want to create a panic, but the fact that people are getting murdered on this campus, I mean, shouldn't you tell somebody? Shouldn't you, like, put a curfew or, I don't know, something? Yeah, wouldn't you put a, a warn the students, close down the school, anything? They don't. They want to keep it very hush-hush. They don't want to have a panic. Oh, yeah, Which of is course. very odd. So that the, these young girls could just keep getting their heads hacked yeah. off. Okay. Well, that lieutenant goes to Kendall and asks him to come to the police station to work. Uh, to, to, he wants him to meet somebody at the police station. So we get a scene of Kendall going to the police station and meeting a therapist. But the therapist really is just a guy who um, is profiling. So he wants like a profile. And I would love this, by the way. They, they want you to know they're, they're in America. So they do things like put up American map. <laughs> like you know United States of America map on yeah, the background they did and, that. but otherwise otherwise in each scene there's like Dutchman dolls like uh, there's stuff that they, nobody would have I mean yeah just most of the time they're, they're on campus so there's not really um, you can't really see kind of like you know backdrops of any buildings that might not resemble yeah there's always a static shot in a room yeah yeah it's always like a room you know so they, they were careful about that, but they did slip up a couple times, which doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, the, the profiler wants to get some in, um, info from Kendall, anything he can know, because Kendall's like, wait, he's like, I don't think I know the killer. Wait a minute. Or do I? Are you suggesting that I do know? And that's the profile is like, that's the thing. You might and not even know it. You know, you might not even have a suspicion. It might be someone close. It might be someone that you think is a good person, you know? So we want to get any from inf- information. So um, the lieutenant leaves him in there with that profiler and goes and talks to our new main character. Oh, Mary. Who, who we don't meet for 30 minutes into this film. Yeah. Until 30 minutes into this She's film. She's so pretty. And Linda this, Day. And the lieutenant's, and this is the actual actor's wife. They're actually husband and wife. So the police, the yep, police Lieutenant chief, Bracken, which is uh, Christopher George. And this actress uh, playing Mary Riggs is Linda Day George, ah. who uh, changed her name for these credits because she didn't want to be known as the. She wanted to have her name removed oh, okay. when she found out what kind of movie they were making. Uh, she said in a statement that what she thinks had happened, the reason that she did this movie is her husband owed favors to filmmakers. Oh, son of a bitch! And so ended up doing this movie and put them <laughs> both in this movie. To pay off favors. Oh, man. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't suck. This, this, is, this is great. This actress is in a, a, my, uh, a, a movie that has bothered me and haunted me for a very long time named Ants. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people know about oh, my, uh, God. my fight with Ants. Okay, Scott has a lifelong, like, <sighs> well, are you, like, in a fight with Ants? Like... He, in he, general, he hates ants. Not like, only do I, mean, I hate the actual insect, but also my friends beat on a night. They all picked a movie called Ants against my movie called Bees, and I love the movie The Bees. And uh, everybody picked the ants against me just because I can't stand ants. No, 
You're so bitter over that. I'm going to be bitter forever. No, get over it. So, yeah, she's in this movie. And uh, it turns out she is an undercover cop who is actually a tennis, a pro tennis player. But yep. her real jo- uh, job is working for the uh, police department as an undercover agent. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. So, they're, basically, she's being talked into volunteering to go into the school as the uh, tennis instructor for the university. Mm-hmm. And she'll be secretly staking out the campus so she agrees you know she doesn't she's like okay yeah i'm in anything to get me out of this damn office but here's really strange now you think that she'd be undercover and they didn't want to let anybody know that she's an undercover agent but in this scene they seem to tell everybody yeah because kendall comes into the room and he goes oh my god i i'm a huge fan of yours you're an amazing tennis player and he's like she's actually one of our agents and she's going to go undercover in your school. And we want you to back her up. And of course, Kendall's just thinking, I want to get in her pants. Yeah, Kendall just wants to always bang. Except for <laughs> the, the hot girl in the pool. That's the only one that he's not into, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. he's like, when he leaves, he's like, yeah, I'll do anything you guys need me to do. And he leaves. She's like, why did you tell him? And he's like, look, I, I don't have another agent to send with you. You're going to go in alone. I need someone I trust to back you up. And she's like, can you trust this kid? And he goes, I do. Like, he's a why? good kid. I, he, everybody keeps saying he's a good kid. He doesn't know anything I about trust this him. guy. I guess because he just, it's that, that like, he's drawn. Like he said, Kendall said, oh, all the women are drawn to me. Maybe the men oh, are too. Yeah. Maybe everybody okay. loves him. Everybody loves this guy. <laughs> and then, now, this is even funnier than Kendall finding out that she's an agent. But a reporter comes in. And wants to talk to um, the Lieutenant Bracken guy. And she goes over. he goes over and he goes, what's the matter? And she's like, I'm trying to find that information. There is a lot of rumors going around that something's happening at the university. And I want to know what it is. And he's like, what kind of rumor? What are you talking about? And she's like, I don't know. There's been some mysterious rumors about deaths. And she's, he's like, oh, these rumors are always coming out of the university. You know, he's like, right now, there, if, you, if I knew something, you would know it. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, why don't you go talk to our agent over there? Mary. Oh, Mary might help you. She might fill you in. Why would she t- tell the reporter? Oh, she that famous tennis player is an, uh, an agent. I don't understand that. I don't get I it know either. That he just wanted her off his back. But then like. It doesn't to, matter. To say, but it's just as funny. To say, oh, go see Mary. Like, yeah, well, she might help what you. What the fuck? Then they just cut through the whole thing. They cut away from it. There's no because the reporter doesn't go in the room. She just looks, smiles, and then leaves. Yeah. And so, which makes it so stupid that they even introduced her to the movie. You yeah. know, because nothing happens with that lady. It does. I mean. We're going to get to that. but yeah, Not uh, until later. but Yeah, a little bit later. It's like, okay, they established a scene for no reason. There's They didn't even show us. Yeah. You know? It was silly. But anyway. So, yeah, uh, she goes to school and we get we have to watch what feels like a long tennis match. Yes, and I think tennis is really boring. <laughs> we get to see everybody turning their heads side to side to watch the tennis match. It's really funny. I don't uh, get tennis. Uh, people who go to tennis matches, it's like you just bob your head back and forth every two seconds. Like, okay, that end of the court, that end of the court. That, I, don't, <laughs> like, I, I have to ask you this. I don't know if you noticed this, but did you notice that the woman that Mary is playing tennis against, it's like a younger girl that yeah. goes to the school. Yes. Did you notice that she was always showing it in one shot? Hitting the ball back? Yes. Okay. So uh, this actress is actually the wardrobe 
uh, the person in charge of wardrobe's daughter. Um, she wanted to be an actress, and she asked the director, can she be in the movie? And he's like, yeah. Are you into nude scenes? Oh, shit. Yeah, and we'll get into that scene later on. But, uh, yeah, she uh, so she didn't know how to play tennis at all. So they're showing the scene like she's doing a lot of stuff, but it's obviously they're just throwing it over the net and letting her hit it. Yeah. And it's only a couple shots, and it's like the same shot twice or something like that. But, yeah. Mary, of course, beats her, showing that she's a great player. And, you know, she's everybody likes her already. She's established as being somebody that's in, you know, like in the school. Oh, and she's someone to take seriously. She's not a cop. You know what I mean? And no one knows except the dean does does know. She talks to the dean. He's like, are, worse than there are supposed to be two of you? And he's like, she's like, no, we're, it was only me, unfortunately. We couldn't get another person to come and do it. Like, oh, that's interesting. But uh, I hope so we can figure this out soon. supposed to be the tennis instructor. Yeah. And usually, like, I mean, I, I don't know how it works on college campuses with tennis instructors. I don't know if there is a tennis instructor. I don't right. know if there's tennis like, classes. I mean, that that whole question of what kind of classes happen at universities, because I've never been to a big university before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, what kind of classes do they have here? That question comes up again in a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even the know. The most ridiculous scene in the whole entire movie. I, I don't even know if this happens in this in this sequence here. I don't know if this is what the next scene is. There, we're going to be probably jumping around because there's a lot of the same old shit happening yeah. back and forth. There is, I I actually think there's another murder. Okay. Before the other murder that we're going to get to later, that the one yeah, that's the so best. It's the there's girl, one in an elevator. It's a t- no. No, the one in the elevator happens. Oh, okay. Well. We, by the way, we have to point out that every time the murder happens, we see the person putting the puzzle back together. But with really funny dish gloves, like big black dish gloves, because they can't put the parts in properly. So there's a lot of scene of them jamming the piece trying to get it to fit. It's so it's- funny. It's beyond comical because I just feel like saying, okay, like we obviously know that it's a man. So just take off the fucking gloves and do the puzzle. Like you can't, it's comical and goofy to watch them trying to jam these puzzle pieces together with these big oversized dishwashing gloves on. It's, it's hilarious. Like it's like one of those scenes that you think it's like, okay, you're sitting there and you're just like. Oh my god! Can I just fucking do it for you already? Like one of those it's moments, so, especially because it goes on for it goes, a minute. It goes on yeah, couple, for like two yeah. minutes. It's funny, and he's jamming it. I'm in. like, this is such a waste of time. This movie could have been cut to like 59 minutes. And I, I will notice that he puts the pieces in of the pieces that he's taken from these women. Yes. Yeah. So he's trying. It's like he's finishing the puzzle by taking actual pieces from people. Thus, the name. Well, we get a shot of a dance studio. Yeah, so there is dance dance classes in the university, and so there's a bunch of cute girls. Please talk about their outfits and everything, okay. the way everybody's dressed. So I, I just imagine in the 80s that they wore these kind of things, like leotards with like the stockings and the leg warmers. Um, they did wear those kind of things back then. I didn't when I took dance. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was not in the 80s. Um, but they're all in like, you know, those little leotards and they're dancing. And then for whatever reason, one of them decides that she wants to stay after hours. No, she wants to go to the bathroom. If she wants to go to the bathroom, but they, okay. That's Can a we just long discuss- thing. But you want to know a fun fact about this classroom? 
Yeah. If you want another fun fact, if you want to cut in with another fun fact, um, the director said, hey, can you girls hold this nude? Shut up. Why would they do that nude? And the lead woman that's doing the dance and doing the instructing is an actual dance instructor and said, no, women don't do that. Ew, what a perv. So a couple of women said, I wouldn't mind doing it nude. And he took their names down and said, I'll put you in a future movie. Ugh, what a creep. Okay, what a creep. But anyway, can we just talk about the, this this dance class for a moment? Okay, number one, most of the time, and I will say probably 99.9% of the time, dance rooms do not have windows. And there is a window with drapery in this dance class. And I noticed it because that's just some stupid shit that I noticed because I've been in a lot of, um, you know, dance rooms and there's mirrors everywhere. Maybe, mm. you know. Interesting. Why wouldn't there be a window? Because usually the in, in like dance classes, you're playing loud music. Um, you so you know, want to be more uh, soundproof. It's soundproof, yes. And so uh, there's no, it doesn't even look like a, a dance room, but whatever. That's beyond any problems that we have here yeah because i i was gonna say that it, it it's beyond the what's the matter because they seem like they're doing a hip-hop routine i mean it's like a jazz routine yes it, it's uh, yeah. um but i will say that this this when i tell you this movie could have been cut to 59 minutes i'm not lying okay no it could have been cut to 59 minutes they the only scenes that could be cut are the tennis scene and uh no and this one this bathroom walk Okay, this girl has to, this. We're, we're at the dance class right now. This girl has to go to the fucking bathroom. The shadow's watching, by the way, through a door with a window in it. Yeah. Now, she goes to the bathroom, but she doesn't go to the bathroom. She takes like a fucking six minute stroll to the bathroom. Where is to the fucking bathroom? It seems to be in the basement by where she's going. She keeps going downstairs. She goes down six flights of stairs to yeah. go to the bathroom. Now, where the fuck is she in this building? Yeah. And it's down in like the basement, okay? So they want to set this up like something is going to happen to her. Um, and then they do some trickery on us, which made me pissed off. Because you think she's gonna die. You think she's gonna die here. You think he's following her. And the door opens to the bathroom, and it's another chick. And she's like, "Oh my god, you scared me!" I I'm almost, like, okay. you almost scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm sitting here like, okay, we had to watch this six minute walk to the bathroom, and this bitch, nothing happened to her. I was like, "You're kidding!" Right now, I was. Done with the scene. They thought they were doing some really cool establishing, uh, like setup. All I kept thinking was that this girl better have an awesome death, because I I just sat through six minutes of her walking, and you know I fucking hate that. It's a waste of time in movies where we have to see the whole long shot of people walking or driving. It's like my pet peeve. I can't stand it. Like you're just trying to fill time for what? Yeah. And you're just dragging it out, and you're making it boring as hell. So, whatever. She decides to stay late uh, to do her little dance routine or whatever. And as she's leaving, she just, you know, casually walks into the elevator and there's like this brooding guy in a huge, like, raincoat, uh, yeah, trench, I think trench coat. There's That actually happens like the next day because there's some stuff in the between. That was like a, that was like a there... setup. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of things we, we didn't point out uh, that that a professor came to look at the crime scene of, near the pool, by the way. And grabbed the chainsaw handle, and he's like, 
Hey, so do you think uh, the cop says, do you think that a chainsaw was used? There's a bloody chainsaw on next to the body parts. Yeah. Do you think the bloody chainsaw could have done this? I mean, and he's I like, feel... well, I think anybody could tell that that's what happened here. Yeah. Oh, but before before he does that, he touches it. Okay. Because everyone's just like, touching oh, all the body parts and everyone's touching everything. everything. But uh, yeah, so. And there's another scene uh, where when he talks to um, uh, Mary to tell her, she's like, well, what about uh, Willard, the groundskeeper? What's going on with him? Don't you have him in custody? Is he, you know, and they're like, no, we had to let him go. We had no, no actual information on him as being the, the, the criminal. Yeah. So he gets he out. He beat but... up a bunch of police officers yeah, and, and that's threw true. them around a room and they didn't hold him. I don't know. Assaulting an officer. Assaulting an officer I mean, alone. Yeah. And, and they released him without even checking his yeah. alibi or anything like that. And okay? the best part is with all these murders that he knows of this guy and that he was attacked and maybe set up. He comes back to school to work. Yep. yep. He's back to cutting grass and stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, he's a potentially violent person. He beat the shit out of cops. Okay. Yeah, just... Uh, <laughs> Get him just, back uh, on the campus. Yeah, you know, working nine to five there, pal. You're good. You're all good. So Everything's odd. Good. But yeah, um, the next night, though, the, uh, the girl is in her the studio alone for some reason. And she's getting weirded out because there's a lot of noises and stuff happening. So she quickly dresses and runs to the elevator. But in the elevator... She sees a person that she recognizes. And she says, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, like, uh, how's everything going? And then from under his trench coat is a revved up chainsaw. Okay, here, here's the thing about this. I feel like everyone is just, like, completely stupid. They just, they're all stupid people. You get into this elevator, obviously you know the person... But he's dressed in, like, this ridiculous outfit, and you can't tell that he has a chainsaw underneath his yeah. coat? Oh, yeah. Like, what? Is that a chainsaw in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? I mean... <laughs> it's a big chainsaw, It's a big too. chainsaw. It's but huge. the best part is when he gets on the elevator, he's holding it behind his back. I'm like, okay, yes. first of all, it'd be really heavy. Um, but anyway, so... He, he, he hacks her limbs off. Her her arm. Yeah, and... Oh, I'm sorry. Her, I should have said arms. Yeah. yeah. Her, uh, both arms are hacked right off. Was it both taken. or just one? It's both. Oh. Uh, both arms are taken, which is weird because you would think that this person is taking pieces from women. You think that since she's a dancer, you'd take her legs, but he takes her arms. Yeah, that's bizarre, but I mean. And and uh, he leaves her to die, and she they said that the trauma of her body has put her in it like. A shock state. A shock state, but she was going to die from the blood loss anyways. There was no way to save her. Right, so she couldn't. She say couldn't identify who, who it was. Yeah, was um, but and they're like, "God damn it!" But didn't we? Um... <laughs> you know, like everybody said, we haven't talked about it yet, but everybody says, uh, "Yeah, damn, some of the bitches out there somewhere laughing at us." That night, they she goes patrolling the campus, which is my my worst so, and and most hated scene in the whole movie. Oh, this is one of the best sequences of all time. <laughs> oh my God. That, everything with this Mary character is amazing. So yeah, Mary goes um um going to the campus, but not before we see Kendall having sex with a girl, and he's mad that she's too loud. <laughs> The whole college hollering like that? Oh, Kendall. What do you have to make such a big production for? Are you crazy? Oh, Kendall. You want us thrown out? Boy, anyone would think you were in bed with Chainsaw Charlie. Oh, Kendall. 
I'll control myself, Kendall. If we do it again, come back to bed, huh? Hey, no, why are you getting dressed? Oh, honey, where are you going? What if you gag me, huh? I wouldn't make any noise then. A girl is having sex, and she's screaming, and she's like, you could stick something in my mouth if you want me to shut up. I'd do anything you want, Kendall. <laughs> well, he's like, well, you know, I, I just don't want anyone to think you're getting murdered. <laughs> yeah, they're going to think the chainsaw maniac is in here. That's what he says. And he's like, God, will you shut up? Oh, my God, it was so funny. And he, we, we actually get a ding. We actually get a dingle. We actually see oh, Kendall's penis okay, so yeah, for some reason. Yeah, you can't complain. Um, yeah, we can't complain in this you one. You know, that there's only girls naked in this movie. But you have to admit, there seems to be only two boys on campus. It seems like that. Yeah. yeah. It seems like Kendall and that other guy that's his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Except, you know, and then the dean and that other professor. Well, I meant but students. Like students. Wise. Like yeah. they don't. It's they, all women. Yeah. And pretty women, too. Like, yeah, they're like all pretty. A whole bunch of horny, pretty women. They all, and no wonder they want Kendall. He's the only dude on campus. I feel like he is the only dude on campus. They don't want that other dude. No, that one. He looks like Poindexter from Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds. <laughs> he looks like that guy in the background of all those shows. You know, that one nerdy dude with the, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like uh, Community and um, what's the show? Chuck? He, was oh, always, he always yeah, worked with like a yeah. nerd crew, that one guy in the background. Yeah, we he have to find a picture like of him and post it because he literally, you know, he really does look like Poindexter from Revenge of the Nerds. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> well, Kendall sees somehow through his window while he's putting his pants over his dingle. He sees outside the window that Mary is patrolling outside. I like and dingle. He, he wants to, oh, he doesn't care about this broad in the bed. He wants to marry. So he kind of like runs out of the room and leaves that woman alone. He just leaves you that girl sleeping say, with. I was gonna say, I mean, obviously, here's the thing. If I were Kendall and I saw her walking around at night by herself, I would be like, uh, "Yeah, I'm gonna go help her. I'm gonna go walk her to where she needs Not to be." Not when you're in mid-sex with another no. woman. It looks like they were done. He was already well, he turned gave off. Up on her. Yeah. He was turned off because she was just being too obnoxious. Yeah. But well, he does leave, <laughs> but not before Mary is shockingly jumped. By a man, uh, a man doing karate. Okay. Now I this, <laughs> another fun fact, is that the director had a friend who was a Bruce Lee impersonator named Bruce Lee. Bruce L E, not Bruce L E E. And he said Bruce Lee impersonator, and he said, "Hey, you want to do a scene in my movie?" Yep. So okay, this is the scene. Why? So it makes Ma- no sense. Mary is shockingly attacked in the dark by a kung fu vigilante who starts trying to kick the shit out of her. All right, he's in a tracksuit, and so like he just starts kicking, kicking her. Chopping. And by the way, they, they sound face. him. They sound him with a gong. <laughs> so racist. And then he starts attacking her, but she is able to dodge his attacks. Oh. And nut punch him. Oh my god. Into yes. what seems like a coma. He falls to the floor, passed out. He falls and they face pl- first into the dirt. They play another gong. But you have to see how comical this scene is. Like, even if you've never seen this movie, look it up on YouTube or something. Because this scene, he's literally just just kicking at her face. Yeah. I mean He's trying to kill her. This actress could have been really hurt. Yeah. I mean, if she just moved an inch to the right, yeah. she could have been really, really, really hurt. And this guy's just flailing and kicking for no reason. And, and I'm like, where did this even come from? Where does this even come from? And then Kendall shows up on his motorcycle and drives down and says, what's going on? And she says, this guy just, I, I think I might have the, the killer. 
He just attacked me. And then the guy gets all of a sudden wakes out of his coma. He's face first in the dirt, jumps back up and sees Kendall. And Kendall and him, now he just has nuts punched. And he goes, hey, Kendall. And he says, oh, hey, this is my karate instructor. No, no, no. He says kung fu. He says, this is my kung fu uh, professor. professor. Now, isn't karate or, you know, um, taekwondo, aren't they like called a sensei? But also, there's not... Someone please tell me, is there a class on a university for this? What in the <laughs> fuck? Is there a kung fu professor? Like, wait, a kung fu professor? No, and wait the, a minute. And he says, what do you do? And, and Kendall, now, he just attacked this woman. And they just ignore that she's existing. And they, they high, they like fist bump. And he goes, what are you doing out here? And the professor says, I don't know. One, one moment I'm walking and the next moment I'm down on the floor. It must have been some bad chop suey. Good night. <laughs> and he leaves the scene and he leaves the movie completely. Oh my God. I was in shock. I was like, okay, wait. Did and Mary's just, just like this. Huh. Okay. But it was so pointless. And there was no reason for this scene to be in there other than to like spit out racism. I would say that there is a reason for it to be in this movie. And that's because it's absolutely amazing i mean it's so stupid though it is the perfect camp he's just kicking for no reason he's just kicking at this woman's face this pretty like defenseless woman he's just kicking at her face for no reason i'm like this is a joke like yeah this is what i'm talking about when i tell you this movie could have been 59 minutes because this shit that they add in here is so dumb yeah we gotta add the rest of the scene because it's even it just more insane he says uh Let's get out of here. And she says, no, first we're going to find my gun. And then you're going to take me home. And he goes, you're right. What? Yeah. So she finds her gun. You know how she finds her gun? She looks down. She grabs it. <laughs> no. First we're going to look for my gun. Then I'm going with you. You're right. And she just jumps on his motorcycle. During that- they drive off. He drives <laughs> her home, walks her to her room. And then she gets in her, in her room. She says, good night. And he goes, wait a minute. Weren't you like gonna make some coffee for us or something? And she says, "Oh, no." Yeah, like no. that was your that's that's like your move. She's sweet. Maybe yeah, another night. No. She kisses him. Good night. And uh, another fun fact from Scott: the director wanted them to have a sex scene and wrote in the script, and this actress said, "Nope," <laughs> and did this instead. I mean, she had to kiss him on the lips, but it was just very it was quick sweet. and it was sweet. sweet. Um, but, like, I, I feel bad for this actress, but I'm like, you know what? Worst thing, I mean, it could have been worse for her because she could have had to have gotten naked. Um, you know? And then I would have been like, oh, man, this poor lady. Like, she was just agonizing through this whole yeah. role anyway. After uh, Kendall drops off Mary at the room, we see that the news reporter... Has, is sneaking around the campus at night. Oh, yeah. And she is sneaking around the campus. The killer is onto her and chases her with a butcher knife. And they end up in the room with the waterbed. The waterbed finally comes back. Okay, fun fact. This was a real knife. Holy shit. They really did this scene. Uh, when he's this killer is stabbing things it is real, and so they had to get shots, close-up shots of fake stuff being, which was usually they were using pig to make it look real to stab that. So the far away shots were being done in slow motion, but this actress was 
absolutely terrified. So terrified that when they premiered the movie, she had to leave the theater. She was so she's so scared of watching and reliving it again. And so in one shot, you can see a mess up where the killer, instead of thrusting the knife, is literally turning it. Yeah. Because how fucking dangerous. So watching this scene, you have to watch how close this knife is to her at all times. It is crazy. But yes, he ends up killing the reporter or the, the killer ends up... the We're going to call... I think they actually called the killer the spirit or whatever mm-hmm. because that's what it was modeled after. No, was the, the, spirit? Sh- the oh. shadow. Oh, the shadow. That's right. I'm sorry. I keep saying spirit because it's another comic book character. Yeah, I apologize. The shadow. They called him the shadow. So the shadow kills the, the news reporter by stabbing the back of her head and the knife comes out of her mouth. Yeah, it w- that was a little bit comical. Yeah. Because I saw... Because I did see the slip up. I saw how he turned the knife. Super dangerous how fast it's going on. I know. And you know, the knife does look pretty good. So I I get it. They needed to use that. There's a part that the uh, shadow stabs the wall that she's at. It hits the the door behind her and it's really going into it because it's real. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fucking nuts. That's a lot of force. So, yeah. That has to be used for that. Yep. So, yeah, that scene is insane. So the reporter now is out of the movie, not necessarily even in the movie. I mean, there's no reason for her to be in this movie anyway. No. It was like just no one even references that she's kill. missing. Yeah. No, no one even knows her. So yeah. it's like, okay, what's the reasoning behind this? It's stupid. You know? We have to find out that the, the killer, we have a scene of the killer dragging a bag of corpse around at one point. And we can't really tell where they're going, but we get to watch the whole scene. And he's doing that other uh, giallo horror movie trope where the killer cannot breathe. <laughs> yeah, It's like he's carrying <laughs> the heaviest fucking thing on the earth. Yep. Now, he's either, I don't know what was in the scene, if it was either the torso or the, the arms, but it's not that bad. And he's carrying, well, whoever it is, is carrying it through rooms. And we see that there's a meat locker of, and they finally show that there is body parts being stitched together. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I thought we were going to get this scene at the very, very end. But you know what? We get a better scene at the very, very end. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, the next day, for some reason, this girl that um, it was practicing against Mary is on the tennis court and someone turns on the intercom music to play what what the song is it's it? like marching band it's music. like a marching band music but it's blaring it was really obnoxious and she's actually like getting mad she's like this is ridiculous now this is the actress that i was talking about was the daughter of the wardrobe department person uh so yeah uh they f- <laughs> okay she goes to the locker room to uh get Take a shower. Showered up, which is, we have to watch an entire scene of her shower, which is the director filmed a day almost of this woman showering. A day? Uh, they filmed so much footage of her showering, and then she was supposed to put a towel on and have the next scene. But the director's like, well, you know what? I think you should put it around your waist, and I think this whole scene would be better if you had your boobs out the whole time. Oh, my God. He's such he's so pervy, this director. <laughs> I it's swear to God, insane. it's like an Andy Sedaris picture. Yeah. You know, like you have to have your boobs out at all times. You can't be in this movie. I mean, it's like just it's over the top. So what happens is the um, shadow comes in with the chainsaw and runs after her. She has put on sweatpants 
I believe at this point. She has already gotten in her sweatpants and left a towel off. I think her boobs are out or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And she has the sweatpants. This is another crazy fun fact. The chainsaw in the scene is real. This actress was so scared that in the scene, she pees her pants and it's actually real. They shot it. They liked it. They zoomed in on it and they left it in the movie. She was so scared she's pissing herself. Aww. So she goes Poor into thing. a bathroom stall and the killer chainsaws the door in front of her. It's real. Wow. Yeah. I'd be scared too. And then finally gets in there and chainsaws her in the midsection. Right. It's like basically takes her in half. She like falls to the floor. It it, it looks real. It's it because good. they're really chainsawing, uh, uh, I think, it, um, a, a pig. pig's yeah. carcass. Yeah. It, it, it it's insane and there's again all the blood in this film is real like yeah, it's real so slaughterhouse gross. blood Ugh. so it is all over the place it's it's insane the mary and uh kendall are, are walking around they hear the music as well and the only reason we now know that the music is happening is to cover up the chainsaw or to mm-hmm. mute the chainsaw this is the first but time the killer is actually thinking fucking- about this why does he care now about muting the chainsaw? He was literally because I think there's, they know that people are onto it now. A I mean, too much. you're literally in, you're in the middle of the freaking grassy area of a freaking university, and you're revving a chains a chainsaw, and nobody hears this, and now you care in a locker well, room. Well, now they're like, oh, maybe maybe we should uh, cover this up as much oh as my possible. God. Well, Kendall and Mary are like, what the hell's going on with the music? So they see Pluto who seems to be coming out of a bathroom and hiding something. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, he doesn't want to talk to them. And, of course, he's giving that whole face, like, I know something you don't kind of a face. Yeah. Well, they say, uh, what's going on with the music? And he's like, I don't know. I thought someone was testing the system. And they're like, well, aren't you in charge of that? Now, I don't know. Okay, Mary's a detective. Yeah, Mary's That's a detective. That's the dumbest shit I've you ever heard in my life. You should actually know that he does the freaking gardening. Yeah, which is his response is perfect. He just goes, I do the I do the maintenance of the lawn, of the outside, of the, you know, like, the, I'm the landscaper. Like, yeah. I don't do technical shit. Yeah. She was like. And I was like laughing. I was like, yeah, Mary, what, how dumb. She's she's not okay. She doesn't give off any um, indication that she has any detective skills whatsoever. No, she doesn't feel like a cop at all. No. She's just like a, she's a tennis player that's like moonlighting as like yeah. This a, she feels like she's in a, um, a Charlie's Angels episode. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It does not fit at all. No, most all the characters do not fit in the same movie. No, they, everybody feels completely out of the movie. Yeah, so it turns out that Bluto's keys were taken, and he couldn't have uh, turned on the sound system without the keys. So yeah. he didn't have the right key. So it definitely wasn't him. But then they search around and. Uh, Kendall finds the body and comes out of the... Oh, my God. Now, we're going to talk about... This is the best acting. Now, this feels like they were doing multiple takes in one, and the director was supposed to use one of them, but instead used all of them. Yeah, and so Kendall's, like, all, like, out of his mind because he comes out and he's, like, you know, stumbling. And he's like, uh, it's another one. It's It's my friend. I know her. And so... Of course, Mary goes inside and takes a look, and she comes out. We see the body. It's it's pretty cool. It's looking. pretty she, cool looking. They it's had to half. put her in the floor. Yeah, it's in half, and it, it does look pretty cool. It really does. Um, Mary comes out in the best scene in the entire movie with the best acting you've ever seen in your whole life. Yeah, this is the take I was talking about. This is, a, this is definitely three takes 
of her delivering this line, and they just use it all. Yeah. So it doesn't actually make sense in how many times she says it. Mm-hmm. It had to be done only for that, like, take. And if you watch Kendall in the back of the shot, he's trying not to laugh. Right. He's looking down. She's in the, she's, like, facing the camera while Kendall's in the back sitting. He's supposed to be sad and fucked up and out of it, but he looks like he's looking at the ground not to laugh. Yeah, and she's just screaming, Bastard! Bastard! He, he says, Did, <laughs> Now, my favorite too. Kendall says, Did you see it? Like, how do you miss it? Um, There's a gutted person on the floor. Yeah. How, how, did you see it? She goes, Yeah, I saw it. While we were fumbling with that music, that bastard was in there killing her. Bastard! 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 <laughs> it's the best acting. It is the the Academy Award goes to. Yeah, is it's some of the funniest line delivery so of good. all time. Yeah, of course you're gonna have to insert that. And the nomination goes to Linda Day George for pieces. You see it? Yes. While we were out here fumbling with that music. The lousy bastard was in there killing her! Bastard! 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 But, um, yeah, it was so good. I think I got it right, too. I think I got the line right. Yeah, you did. You did good. Um, but, so then after this, I, I forget what happens right after. I guess like the police come well, obviously. That was the that was the last body parts he needed. Yeah. Or the killer needed, or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the end game, right? Now they're trying to figure out who it is. So Kendall has gone to the police station, and he's trying. They're going through records. Oh yeah. Because they're trying to find out if anybody in the school has attachments of something they can find that they don't know about. Mm-hmm. Well, Kendall does discover something. He's with the one detective. The other detective is off looking at the crime scenes and mary is going to go and try to discuss stuff with the dean about what's going on so her um thought is i need to like maybe talk to the dean and see if i can figure anything out kendall finds something and he says what about this i see that there's a person here its name doesn't match up so he gives it to the partner detective who calls somebody and asks about the name and he's finds something which is that the dean has another name and that when he was a child, his mother was butchered in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So Mary is with the dean. And the Ma- and Mary and he asks if Mary wants coffee, which he is drugging. Yeah, blatantly. They don't even try to hide it. It's like, okay, your cover's blown. We know it's you. And it's the... It's the- whole scenario where he's drugging her for what reason though because he already has all the body parts he needs because he knows now that they're on to her him he's afraid that she's on to him so he's trying to like oh shit you know i gotta complete my mission and not be stopped i mean was he just gonna kill her in his house like what was the reasoning well yeah because we now know that when we had the shot of the killer walking through a room that had a secret door that led to a freezer it was this room. Yeah, this, you're uh, right. The dean's um, living quarters okay. on campus. So he drugs her, and it puts her into a um, um, 
she can't move. Yeah, she's like paralyzed. She's like, yeah, completely paralyzed. But she's lucid. She can, she can see watch and hear. Yeah. And he tells her that. You can listen to everything I'm saying and hear everything, you know, but you can't do anything about it. Kendall and the, the partner find out, oh, my God, it's him. She marries with him. So he's like, we got to call. Let's call from the police car uh, in the uh, the radio. We'll call it in as we're driving there. So they call it in. The other cop gets it. So he races there. They all meet up. They go to the dean's office. And the when they get in the room, they find Mary comatose. They don't see the dean anywhere. They say, Kendall, we're going to go search and see if he got away. Search, um, take uh, Mary out of the room. So he, for some reason, the police are terrible. They they ask Kendall to stay with Mary and bring her out of the room. So he starts doing that. He's alone in yeah. the damn dean's office. Yeah. The person that they think is the, the, the suspect. It's actually his living quarters. It's like the living room. And the dean jumps out of a secret passage and attacks Kendall and starts fighting Kendall. Is going to stab him to death. But the lieutenant comes in and per- perfectly shoots the dean right between the eyes yeah that was like a perfect shot too like he just like strolled in like james bond like boot yeah like done and i was like okay that's it yeah and kendall's like holy shit you know i almost died like that was it i guess i was baffled i was like wait we went through this whole movie and then like at the end it was like okay 13 seconds to find out it was the dean yeah it's crazy and and that was the end of the movie and well it's not the end of the movie because the next couple minutes are fantastic and (laughs) this is the stuff we're talking about um kendall stands up and is shocked that he's alive but he he basically backs into a cabinet the cabinet opens up to reveal frankenhooker (laughs) a sewn together corpse woman Falls out onto him, and we get to see a slow motion Kendall screaming <laughs> as this thing falling on top of him. And they pull him out of the way, and he's like, Holy shit, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so he's completely like, scarred. They're like, You know, Mary is back. Uh, the lieutenant's able to get uh, Mary out of the room. All the cops are pulling the body out. They put a cloak over the sewn-together corpse, and Kendall is kind of like sitting on the floor. He's like shocked, and the he gets up, and the the, the partner detective says, "Well, you still want to be a, a police officer?" And he's like, "Oh man, are you kidding me? This is insane, right?" And he says, "Oh wait, before we walk away, I gotta get my jacket." So he leans over near the body to get his jacket. And as he gets his jacket to put it on, the corpse comes to life and grabs his nuts and rips them off. I mean, does it, though? Yes. It goes... Okay, so... Okay, this is the Frankenhooker, like, coming to life and grabbing his balls with, like, her nails scraping, scraping down And you see jeans. that there's... The the bottom of the jeans are ripped out. But the, the nuts are gone. bottom of the jeans... Okay, so there's, like... Okay, so we're to believe that this Frankenhooker's nails can go through denim... Yes. ...and scrape the balls off. Rip. If you look at the last shot, and this is why it needs to be rewound. If you look at the last shot, it's got like a fist. Okay, I need it's you. It's ripping the balls off. I need you to show it to me again. I feel like Frank and Lauder directed this. Oh, it is 
mind blowing. And then the credit when they just showed his face in freeze frame, like like his nuts are oh gone. Oh my god! I had, now I had heard a rumor, and I cannot verify this rumor at all. But what I have heard is that they put razor blades in the on the fingers. To cut the pants, to pop the blood stuff in the pants. Okay, here's the and thing. And what I had heard was it came a little too close to his actual I was gonna body say. parts. Yeah. And it might have cut him. <gasps> but now I cannot verify this information. That I, though All the places that I saw this information are now I can't see them. Oh. I can't find them I'm anywhere. Telling you, there's I no way a fucking actor would let razor blades come that close to his junk. Well, a woman had a chainsaw. A woman had a knife next to her. They did. A lot of the shit. Oh it is God. crazy. This movie is quite insane. But you know what? I got a our our next segment of why we can't have nice things. It's kind of like a little off this time. I, I don't know if it's because of the movie that we watch, but it's it's different. But I'm gonna go ahead and read a ten star review on this one. Oh my God! <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. So it's it's ten out of ten extra cheese, please. Pieces tends to be far, far down the scale from brilliant, but it does supply some unintentional laughs. Lines from some actors are sloppily dubbed into English. Listen to the girls in the hall about their drug habits. Too much. Also, if skateboarding into a mirror, hammy acting from Linda Day George, a girl wetting her pants, and more blood-stained 80s fashion than you can shake a stick at, sounds good to you, get pieces. I have this one on tape, and while it won't give you nightmares, at least you'll have a good laugh. Now, here's one thing about that, is I don't think the hammy acting from Linda Day George is throughout the whole movie. I just think she has that one moment where she loses her mind. Yeah. No, she's actually very good in this. Yeah. She's, she's actually given a decent performance for a person who did not want to be a part of this. Yeah, I, I know. I yeah, think so. I, it's just that one scene. Bastard! And I'm going to say... She's giving it her all. That bastard scene. She's she is re- she is really into it. Yeah. But uh, it might come off cheesy because I think that it's in the editing for the director to film that properly and use it properly. Uh, it really does feel like she gave a couple takes. The lousy bastard was in there killing her. I don't think she's bad in this. No, I don't think so at all. Um, but here we have our one out of ten. <laughs> God, this is so crappy. Pieces is the worst horror film I have ever seen in my entire life. This movie is intended to be an excellent chain- Texas Chainsaw Massacre clone, but it is the complete opposite. The guy who made this thought that he could beat Texas Chainsaw Massacre by adding more gore, but there is so much gore, it makes the movie unrealistic. Another thing to add, the people who talked in this movie weren't even acting because their mouths weren't even moving to the words. This movie oh has God. lots of nudity, but it has man nudity. I don't want to see that. I want to see topless and bottomless women. The point is, Pieces tries to Ugh. surpass Texas Chainsaw Massacre by adding gallons and gallons of blood, but that makes it worst. Don't oh. ever watch Pieces. If it's on cable... Do not waste your time. Don't buy this movie or anything. Long story short, the movie is a rancid piece of trash that delivers no acting beyond horrible plot, a beyond horrible plot and too much blood. Watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre instead. Now, this is a person. 
I, I hate to make fun of people because of the way they uh, write things. and But, like, honestly, you just sound like a fucking douche. Yeah, I mean, this is a kid. You, you can tell this is someone young. And it... And, they didn't understand yet about overdubbing and how movies come from other places. And like, that's, that's someone who just clearly doesn't know a lot about cinema. And, right. and I feel bad for them because that that is some very under understood, you know, uh, you could tell. Yeah. It, it probably just, doesn't understand yeah. that it was not a film. It's not, it's a film that wasn't made in America. Yeah. This is a person who's going to go down that trip that I went down of Giallo films and trying to understand why they're so popular. Mm-hmm. This, this person's about to have a nightmare role trying to figure out those movies. Yeah. And they're probably going to start understanding them better. And that's good. But a one, you're telling me you can have fun. But I also love that he doesn't like male nudity and enough. And you know what? I know a lot of people don't, but it's only fair. I mean, I want to see... To get a little bit of a dingle. <laughs> I want to see topless and bottomless women. Yeah. Really? Is that what you want to see? Is that what you want to see? Really? <laughs> because, you know, women do watch horror movies, too. And sometimes we want to see, you know, some kind of peen just flopping around yeah, from you want time a little to time. Bit. Everybody I deserves mean, a little something. Yes, women's bodies are beautiful and stuff, and I get that. But, it, you know... And, and you, you gotta share. Oh, you know, I'm so mad. You just reminded me because I was just gonna make a joke about Kendall. Well, everybody loves Kendall, though. So how does this guy not want to see him? I mean, look at him. He's the most amazing. Oh man my god, I can't take it. I just remembered though, and I have to bring this up real fast. I'm so mad at myself when he brought when he brought Mary home in the movie Kendall, um, and she she like rejected him, and he she shut the door, and he turned around. For some odd reason, his friend was dressed in a punk rocker outfit and a wolfman mask. Casanova! <laughs> and then uh, Kendall goes, asshole. Okay, so I want to hear from you, sir. I want to hear why Pieces is one of your favorite So Bad It's Good movies. This is, this is a movie that has everything you want. In a bad, good movie. Like, people always say, what is a so bad is good movie? This is it so bad is good. It is crazy as all hell. Funny as all hell. And the gung-ho, like, uh, punk rock directing is amazing. Like, the fact that they were doing the shit that they were doing and getting away with it. The fact that they didn't kill anybody on the filming of this movie is outstanding. Like... I, and I also will say, I don't like the the score from the Spanish version, but I love the score, the, like the the used of the, the stolen bits. Mm-hmm. It works. I really like the music in it. Like I I like, I like almost every bit of this film. Like there's some there's a lot of boring moments. I agree. Like the uh, the tennis scene or the watching the person try to put the puzzle pieces in. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that that's just really silly. Yeah, the uh, long walks to the bathroom. The long walk to the bathroom, stuff like that. It could definitely be trimmed down, but it's just so next level crazy that it just makes me smile, smile enough to go and buy the special edition Blu-ray 4K disc that I have of this with like three versions, a booklet, the whole damn thing for this corny movie. Yeah, I love it. You actually bought the special edition. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I will say that I get both the one star and the ten star. 
I do see why someone would say this is god awful. I yeah. get it. it. It is. Uh, there's a lot of problems. We didn't even talk about the fact that the professor was set up in this movie and is not in the movie. That's he right. He disappears after one scene. We don't get a death. We don't get any more story. He doesn't show up again. He's not in the ending. No, they just set him up to be yeah, an extra suspect. he just suspect. disappears. Yeah. It's like so you can throw him in there to yeah. be an extra person. But and I goes also, nowhere. Can we also talk about maybe another reason I kind of love this movie is that is this at the end of the day, I know this director is a pervert. Sure. But at the end of the day, are they making a joke about males? No. They have to be. No. They set up Kendall to be this woman womanizer, like always trying to want to sleep around, always taking advantage of women. We see that he doesn't treat that one woman that he's having sex with good. He's not a good guy. Although they keep saying that he is. They keep mentioning him being amazing. And the last scene of this movie is ripping his nuts off. I don't so know. Maybe. It almost feels like it's an in joke to mock this uh, this male thing. I mean, I can understand why you would think that, but I think you're just giving this director too much credit. I why else do that? Why 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 go paranormal in its last moments with a corpse coming to life, ripping a guy's nuts off? And also, she is the pieces of all these women, like the parts of the woman that women that he liked. Yeah. And he made the perfect woman, I guess, is what he was trying to do. I mean, it's so weird. Because, like, I mean, he he killed his mother when he was a kid. So, obviously, he hates women. So, why would he, like, because he's obsessed with that puzzle of the naked woman. And that's why it really makes no sense. Like, if if you kill your mom and you hate women, why do you want to go... I think it's an attachment he didn't understand sexuality. And he associated it with violence. Mm-hmm. Because of the mother, the way she was talking to him while she was putting it together and looking at nudity, so he probably—I don't—I can't believe I'm psychologically tearing, taking this thing apart. But he definitely like associates that anger and violence from a woman with the naked woman. Hmm. So when he sees these women, and usually they're naked when he kills them, or yeah. about to be. Yeah, most of the time they are. All right. Well, I don't know. Do you agree with me on this? I mean, yeah, I can see that. No, do you agree with me on this movie being why do we like it? Oh, you asked me. Yes, of course. I agree with you. I I gave it a four. I gave it a four because it's so bad. It's good. That's where fours kind of fall. I always say that too. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, so bad. It's good. At one point I gave it a three. I can't believe it. You love this movie. I, I boosted it up. Because I love, I love how bad it is. But I, I it shocks me that it has a six. But I, yeah. I do think that uh, this a lot of people when they do that so bad it's good, they usually go six because a lot of people associate six with just good enough out yeah, of but- that mediocre. But we know that it right when a movie's bad, it rises backward. You know, it goes back up right. from how fun you're having, you much fun, and we're having so much fun that. This one rises back. Right, like we know it's crap, but we still have a good time with it. Like that's why we can't say it's mediocre because that would imply that it's like a decent film. Yeah, it's and, not. And I actually think that personally think that the worst movies are the ones that are one, two, or five. Yeah. I, I kind of have a, um, a dear, like a spot in my heart for the threes and the fours. Because those are usually where I fall with so bad they're good. Mm-hmm. But fives... 
to me, are some of the worst movies ever made. They're so mediocre that they're almost forgettable. That you for, They're so dull. They're not terribly made. They're okay. But they're just so dull that you just can't remember them. That's why I'm always like, a five is the worst kind of movie for me. I mean, yeah, because it's yeah. just so mediocre. When we get together with our friends and we pick fives, we're like, oh, we know we're <laughs> for a shit movie. You know, every time. Yeah. But when we pick a four or a three, we always have a ball. I know, because it's always something to laugh at, yeah. you know? Yeah. So do you sure. agree? So we're both agreeing four. Yes, four. And and we're both agreeing so bad it's good. Absolutely. And it's high on the so bad it's good list. It I is, think. yeah, yeah. It's fun to watch. It really is. It's a fun movie to watch. Do should we add these movies into our list or no? I mean, you can, de- yeah, definitely. You would add them into our, our list of worst movies? No. The So Bad It's Oh, no, good. no. I was talking about the list that we started recently. Oh. Would you want to uh, add these movies or no? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, because they're, they're my own little heart. They're a place in my heart these of are So special. Bad It's Good. Sam. These are special. <laughs> yeah. Can't so, touch them. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're saying, is this the worst movie ever made? No. Nope. And now uh, we're not going to do the the worst movie list so no. we're we're skipping that for this but uh what are we watching next week we're doing dolls okay fucking jo- love that joe's going to watch one of her absolute Stuart favorite movies gordon's dolls it looked like a safe haven from the raging storm it's an odd kind of place uh, where your folks get it from boris karloff their hosts seemed like the essence of hospitality you can stay here as long as you like Wonderful. But appearances can be very deceiving. I'm a doll maker. I make the most wonderful toys. Nobody wants a doll that's special anymore. That's one of a kind. The weather brings out creativity. It helps me in my work. What kind of work is that? Witchcraft? (laughs) you're never too old to play with dolls until you're dead dolls (laughs) all right so thanks for listening everybody yeah we're 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 getting out of here piece by piece And uh, thanks for listening. And as always, hit us up on social media at uh, The Crafty Misfit or just another movie night. Tell us your least favorite movie of all time or a movie that we should do on the show. We'll love to hear it. And tell us if you love or hate pieces and why. I would love to hear that. If you think it's amazing, I would love to hear it. If it's the worst movie ever made for you, I would love to hear that. So, yeah, thanks a lot for listening and have a good one. There he is. (laughs) Oh, hey, it's my kung fu professor. What's the story, Chow? Oh, I am out jogging. And next thing I know, I am on ground. <laughs> Something I eat. <laughs> Bad chop suey. So long. Take it easy.